brought to you by Mystic Lubricants, developed in real-world conditions for real-world work. Mystic products are specially formulated to meet your demands. Mystic Lubricants, ride with us. For a look at their full range of top-quality products, visit mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K-Lubes.com. Hey folks, Machine Repeat here. Welcome to the Machine Repeat Podcast, episode 59. I know it's been a while since we talked last, but uh, we've been a bit busy launching season 11 of our Machine Repeat TV show out there on RFD TV and pushing 60 affiliate stations around the country. Thank you for watching the show. Current episodes have us up in Michigan to watch some late model John Deere equipment. Uh, we've got some fun episodes coming up, so stay tuned to the TV show front. Um, if we give a little update here quickly... On the uh, auction front, uh, boy, mid to high horsepower tractors continuing to be very strong at auction. Uh, kind of surprisingly so a little bit because we're seeing the supply finally beginning to increase on dealer lots around the country. But as to yet, here mid-October of 23, uh, auction pricing has been very strong. Um, just yesterday, um, October 18th, online uh, auction, our friends at Matichek Implement out of Faribault, Minnesota. It's here in the southeast part of the state. So three late model quad tracks, and I did notice uh, record price. They had a 22 model, a 620 quad track with, I think it had 808 hours on it, all the uh, warranties on it. So for $520,300. And uh, if you compare, I mean, that is, I think, Almost 35000 over the highest auction price I've ever seen on a 620 quad track. Now, again, it was a 22 model with all the warranties, but uh, that rising, ever-rising price of new, again, just working to continue to pull up on the value of good condition used. Uh, and again, uh, loader tractors, anything pre-def in good condition has just been scorching hot if you've been following uh, my posts on social media here through the summer, early fall. Uh, and boy, did we see a sale on uh, Monday, October 16th, uh, if you get into the uh, muscle tractor uh, vintage end of things. Wow, out of uh, Illinois, uh, Handled Auctioneering had the sale. Uh, you've probably heard about it in the coffee shop if you didn't see it on our social media, but that uh, rare production John Deere 6030 non-turbo, I think they only made 45 of those, and... Oh my gosh, it sold for $150,870. Uh, just incredible. For perspective, going into that auction, the highest auction price ever on a 6030 was 64K on just a beautifully restored uh, Open Station 6030 back on, I think it was June 28th of 2014, Bedford, Iowa, Keen Thummel's collector auction that Polk Auction had. Uh, I was there shooting a YouTube video that day, and that 64,000, that stood for. Uh, over nine years until, again, just October 16th, Monday here, 150870 bucks. And oh, by the way, they had another 6030 on the auction Monday, 1970 model, 4,598 original hours on it, restored. That brought 81855 uh, And also a 69 John Deere 5020 that hit 107000 So obviously some money floating around out there in the collector market. And on the topic of collector tractors, collector trucks, memorabilia, have a guest today that's familiar to everyone, Kurt Amon, uh, with Amon Auctions and Amon Vintage Power out of Nokomis, Illinois. 
going to stop in for a visit with us. Uh, and holy smokes, do they have some high interest items coming up. Check out AmonVintagePower.com uh, is their website. And uh, October 22nd through the 26th, their annual fall auction event now stretched out to, uh, what is it, five days, I guess. And in including some amazing tractors on October 23rd, uh, we've got a Minneapolis Moline UDLX. And we've all seen them restored, kind of the oohs and ahs, what they sell for. But folks, this one is 100% original paint. And here out a week before the auction, the bidding's already up to 120000 Also on the auction is an Oliver 2255 mechanical front wheel assist. Just beautiful. That's already up to $27,000. Uh, but always great fun to catch up with Kurt. Uh, he's been at this 40 years and specializing in the, uh, you know, kind of the vintage, the collector tractors. Um, so let's go to that conversation now with Kurt Amon with Amon Vintage Power. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Hey, folks, pleased to be joined by my guest on our Machine Repeat podcast, Kurt Amon with Amon Vintage Power, Amon Auctions. Kurt, my friend, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Better than I deserve. Well, you, uh, hey, I appreciate you taking time right now because, holy smokes, do you got sales coming up. My goodness, we're going to talk about that here, October, November. Uh, wow. But uh, I understand with uh, Almond Vintage Power, let's first talk about uh, your guys' growth. I mean, physically with your facility there in Nokomis, Illinois, and also on the personnel side. Can you uh, bring us up to date on the latest, Kurt? Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, we've been been extremely fortunate. Uh, uh, the business has been growing pretty rapidly, and and we just uh, uh, acquired a, a property that's about 15,000 square feet, uh, climate controlled. And uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna turn that into a, a showroom for the, uh, the really high-end restorations and, and uh, super, you know, super nice originals. And, and it gives, uh, gives our sellers a place that, you know, they spend uh, thousands and thousands of dollars on a restoration. It's a, it's a place that uh, is worthy of uh, storing and showcasing those. So we're going to, we're going to turn it into a tractor showroom. So it'll nice. be kind of a Disney, Disneyland for tractor nerds. Disneyland for track. Hey, that sounds uh, great. Sign me up for that. Kurt. We'll have to coordinate and uh, on one of your upcoming auctions with uh with the tractors there to uh, come film for our TV show. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, Kurt, uh, how about the personnel side now? Again, I, I, I just see you continuing to expand your footprint there. Uh, how many yeah. employees do you have these days? Uh, we've, uh, we're up around, uh, 35 now. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but we've, uh, we've been fortunate. We've added, uh, We've added some uh, subject matter experts uh, all over the country, from uh, Pennsylvania out to Oregon, and uh, and we're picking up a few down south too. So that uh, that helps us better serve our clients. Uh, we can uh, when they call us about uh, inquiring about something to sell, we can be there quicker and 
and we've got people that can talk the talk and and uh, know the uh, know the subject matter. So you you say you have folks down south now and out farther out east. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we're now we're now we're from Pennsylvania to Oregon, Minnesota to Alabama. Nice. Well, I did see you on your. So we'll talk about these coming up, but I did see you had a sale in Oregon the other day, and I see you got a really nice one in Alabama coming up. And you you've been tra- traveling the country here for long time Kurt. and for people that don't know the, the story again when did you get your start in the business uh well I, I went to auction school in 1982 82 uh so yeah at the at the ripe old age of 12 <laughs> so <laughs> that is right folks I, I, yeah, I, I think- always tell I always tell people I was like the Doogie Hauser of auctioneering because I wasn't smart enough to be a doctor <laughs> uh, 1982 12 years old that is awesome Kurt Hey, let's uh let's hop in here. Your next week now, unbelievable. You're you've kind of turned your this annual fall event. Now it's kind of a long. <laughs> you've got five days coming up, October twenty second to the twenty sixth. Uh, can you tell us about uh, what you got coming next week? Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, got about thirteen or fourteen hundred lots next week, and and um, you know we have uh, we're we're a firm believer in. Uh, uh, Splitting things up uh, helps with uh, marketing and getting that message out to to all of our buyers and and uh, you know uh, doesn't uh, doesn't wear people out on sale day. So uh, yeah, five days next week, and we're we're focusing on our. Uh, we've got a new uh, Resto Original auction, which is. Uh, uh, an auction that we have kept back and, and reserved things that are exceptional restorations or exceptional uh, original paint uh, patina tractors. So uh, there's some there's some really great stuff in there. We've got one of the only surviving uh, original paint Minneapolis Moline UDLXs. Uh, you know, so that's. Uh, those have been so collectible for so long that most of them have gotten restored over the years. So this is a survivor. Yeah, I saw that. That that's selling October twenty third. That's kind of your again. You called it your original yeah. resto sale. Yeah, re, yeah, resto original. Resto original. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the bidding on that. You know, and here we're as we're recording this, folks. Uh, I'm talking to Kurt, and we are what four days from that selling. And that UDLX, I, I looked this morning, it was already up to 120,000. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the originalness of it, uh, we're so used to seeing them all shined up and stuff. It's kind of cool to see them uh, original like that. Where did that come from? Was it Illinois? Uh, no, that that actually came from Alberta. Alberta. Okay. Yeah. That dry Canadian air keeps that paint uh, that's, okay. That's it. That, that's what it was. Had that been sitting in Illinois the whole time, you know, there wouldn't be a whole lot left. <laughs> no, no salt air in Illinois, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Hey, that October 23rd, folks, you, you got to go to uh, Kurt's website, uh, almondvintagepower.com and, and check out all the slate of sales next week. But that on the 23rd, a couple other highlight items. Kurt, I see you have an unstyled John Deere BWH of 41 of 12. Um, One of 12. And, yeah. you know, just just uh, uh, maybe about a month or six weeks ago, we had, we had sold another one of the BWH 40s and we had never sold one in, in our entire career. And uh, they, they come up so, you know, they're so scarce. And, uh, you know, we get two within two months. So uh, that's funny how that works, of, isn't it? And this one, yeah, yeah. 
Where did this one come out of? Close to home or? Uh, yeah, this, this one was actually close to home. It was in northern Illinois. Okay. In a collection. I see also October 23rd, uh, for you Oliver fans, my goodness, a 2255 mechanical front wheel assist. Uh, that thing's already up to 27,000. So always fun to see those uh, front wheel 2255s, isn't it? Yeah, that's a uh, that's a Sparky Duro restoration from up in Iowa, and a uh, well known collector. and And uh, he restored the uh, twenty two fifty five front wheel assist. And then we have a uh, we have a tw- another two wheel drive twenty two fifty five out of Minnesota, out of the Dale Nelson collection. Mm-hmm. And I saw, boy, you talk about a unique item, a 1947 John Deere service truck. That thing looks just awesome. I could just, I just want to come out and hang out and stand around that thing. That's all. I'll I'll tell you what, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty picky guy when it comes to restorations. And, and I can tell you that that truck, I cannot find a flaw in that truck. It is perfect. But, and what, I mean, a John Deere service truck, but what the truck itself is a, it's uh, a Chevy. It's a Chevy. Okay, I missed yeah. that, that yeah. part. And you also have a John Deere 4234 post gas. That's something like one out of like 33 or something on that sale, the 23rd. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was, uh, you know, that was really the last of the gas tractors. You know, that was that was uh, uh, right before uh, everything went to diesel. So, Well, folks, if you remember my last podcast conversation with Kurt, on the topic of rare gas models, but I did tee him up to talk about that uh, John Deere 4000. What was it, a gas power shift? Yeah, it was a 4000 gas power shift. That was one up, of seven. Up around the Twin Cities, wasn't it? Yeah, one of seven. And this yeah, was before was, the internet yeah, kind of social media hadn't really taken off, but you still got like 82,000 out of it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Boy, you got a good memory. <laughs> well, those are memorable items, Kurt. You've you've given me lots to write about over the thirty plus thirty four years. So thank you, my friend. And and by the way, folks, if if you're ever looking, uh, if you have an event and you're ever looking for a great speaker, my friend Kurt here is he's just the best. Uh, so I know you're busy, and I don't know how much speaking you do, but I have enjoyed listening to you talk. You have a great way with people. So I'm sure that's you know partly why and how you've grown your business, just your connection with folks. I mean, uh, so you've been at it now, well, I guess over 40 years, Kurt, uh, the people part of the business, you still enjoying the connecting you're, you're smiling as yeah. asking you that. Question. Yeah. You know, the, well, the, you know, the, the, the tractors bring you together, but uh, it's the people that you meet, you know, it's right. uh uh, I, I just, I just came back from a, a small auctioneers conference and, and we had a we had a good conversation over supper one night about uh, you know the people that you meet in this business and and you literally meet all kinds. I, I know you have too. <laughs> yeah, well, when you come, yeah, I think it's over eleven hundred auctioneers. I've just got a great uh, privilege to get to know over the years, like yourself, Kurt, and then the farmer angle of buying and selling and the dealers. My background came from the dealer side as a kid. So, uh, yeah, I mean, egg people are just great people. I mean, uh, yeah. And, uh, seems to me like <laughs> in the world we're living in these days that we're kind of, uh, we have some issues going on, but, uh, it sort of makes me wish that, uh, you know, more folks could almost like the old days come out, just stand around at an auction for a morning or a early afternoon and just, uh, you know, we can disagree on things, but just the opportunity to listen a little bit to each other, someone with a different point of view. Um, 
So that part of the auction biz I've always enjoyed. But now it's interesting. I mean, you with with your business, Kurt, you were, have kind of led the way over the years, even before the pandemic, with the online bidding, online only auctions. Um, so as someone who goes back, you know, forty years, lived your whole life in the auction biz, uh, it seems to me like you're you're still managing to keep it personal with these online auctions. Uh, how? Do, and it has to be a bit tricky. Can you explain with Almond Vintage Power how you guys uh, try to do that with the online-only type of environment we're in? Well, that is, that is the challenge. I mean, I mean that 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 is a challenge because uh, you know the, the auction business is a personal business. It's a uh, every seller is different, every buyer is different, and and it, it's not a cookie cutter business. So. Uh, you know, we have uh, our, our first online auction was in 2000. Um, so so we were we were really, really early into it. Um, uh, and it's, uh, you know, the pandemic, we went through five years of evolution in, in five months. Right. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So, I, I, I mean, it, it is a more efficient and more effective way to sell. You can reach more people. But uh, but you do still have to keep it personal. I mean, uh you know, after after the auction, we pick up the phone, call people. Um, right. You know, and, and uh, it's, well, you uh, guys have always thought your auction listings on your site, Kurt. Uh, you know, not just the super high quality pictures you have there, but uh, just the write up. Uh, you're, it's not just like, hey, we're selling an Oliver twenty two fifty five. You you've always done a nice job. I thought uh, honoring your seller there and, and kind of telling their story. So. Um, well, our, our sellers deserve it and our buyers do too. So, yeah, I've always contended and, and we've talked about it before, but when, whether it's a one-year-old combine or, uh, you know, that UDLX or a Oliver 2255, the buyer, I mean, you're buying the tractor, but don't you think also you're kind of buying the seller <laughs> and their story and their history? Yeah. Uh, I, I tell I tell every seller, you know, when we set them down, I, I, I said, we want to know everything that you know about this tractor because the story is worth something. I, I'm a collector myself, and I have bought tractors just because it had a great story. So now you collect yourself, so you teed me up there. I have to ask, like, can you tell me, like, just a couple of your favorites in Kurt's collection? Well, my favorite one is always the next one. <laughs> you know? That's that's the perfect answer, my friend. The next one that is awesome. How about how about this? What is the of your in your collection? Uh, what is the most unusual tractor you've you found, or maybe geographically, or or how you found it that just was like, wow, that was a needle in the haystack. Well, it's, um, you know, I, so I, I, I like rare stuff, uh, and I'm an Oliver man. Um, you know, so I've always went after really low production, uh, tractors and low survivors. So, you know, I, th I think I've got, uh, 10 or 11 tractors that there are five or less known of. Wow. Um, you know, I, I just recently found a, uh, a Krause tractor which was produced by the Krause brothers out in Kansas that, you know, famous for their, for discs and, and tillage equipment. And they built five prototypes, uh, of, of a Krause tractor in the mid fifties. And, um, uh, unfortunately one of the Krause brothers was flying parts to Colorado to, uh, two of the tractors that they were testing and, and died in an airplane crash. Mm -hmm. 
and and that was the end of the Krause tractor. And and uh, I just found a, a really low hour original survivor of one of those. So if I come out to Nokomis, uh Can I can I you arrange to give me a look at that? I I've seen pictures from way back. Uh, and when I've posted about Krause tractors, it, people yeah, they can't believe that was a thing. But uh, I guess. Right. You, you have an open invitation every time because I'd rather look at tractors and eat. Oh, we could have a little fun. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I need to come out and do a little YouTube video on your new facility there, too. And uh, maybe let's close the loop on your big next week, uh, Kurt, October 22nd to the 26th. Uh, again, the 22nd, it kicks off uh, day one. Is that the uh, pedal tractors on day one? Yeah, yeah, we've got a got a great group of pedal tractors and and uh, you know some real everything from really intricate uh, uh, customs, you know, to uh, very rare old originals. We've got a we've got a Farmall M on the on the sale that's called the Cast In Rear Hub, and and that was basically the prototype of the Farmall M pedal tractor. So wow, uh, we've very cool. sold a few of those over the years, and and we've got got a, got an example of that. How would you describe the, in general, to folks wondering about the, the kind of the current situation with the pedal market or pedal tractor market? Well, how would you describe it right now? Oh, it's uh, it's strong. You know, it's it's uh, you know, they they they've of course they've come out with so many. You know, in the last ten years that there there's even a subset of collectors that just collect those. But mm-hmm. uh, and, and there's been a lot of custom builders that you know that's something that's new. Mm. Okay. Now, on, uh, also on the, the 22nd, you have a uh, signs and memorabilia uh, segment of the auction next week. And I did see a case, uh, old Abe on Globe. Those are always. Oh, fun. yeah. Already yeah, up those to are always 500. Yep. Yeah, those are always great. Um, you know, and this this is an original one. And, uh, you know, they do reproduce them. But this is uh, this is the real deal. And. And that's kind of an iconic piece of farm memorabilia, really. Yeah. Kind of a little bit like the UDLX, isn't it? When it came out, uh, it was kind of like shoveled aside. Wasn't that the case sent one to every case dealer? Is that the scoop on those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one or two, yeah. And they uh, at the time, it was like, hey, what, what is this? Get this out of my way. And turns into a collector item. The UDLX, when it came out, just ahead of its time, uh, work in the field and then drive it to town on Saturday night. But, uh, and now look at them, what they sell for. What's the highest. Yeah, we just, uh, oh, go ahead, Kurt. Uh, we, uh, we just recently found another old Abe out in Idaho. Uh, we went out to look at an auction and we walked out into the barnyard and they, they're, they're made in two halves. Right. And, and so two halves were split laying face down and they were feeding the hogs out of them. <laughs> All these years, and there it is. But now yeah, you're talking about yeah, a story. We, we, we've sold them. We've sold them as high as forty thousand. Uh, we had a yeah. really pristine original one that brought that a few years 40, ago. Forty thousand. That is amazing. All right. So next week, that's uh, that's the twenty second, the twenty third. That's kind of the the original uh, stuff. The UDLX, the twenty two fifty five. Uh, on the 24th, you have a mini pre-30 auction, which now you have a big one in the spring, the pre-1930 models. Is that, and now you're bringing one into the fall? 
Yeah, yeah. So we had uh, we had so many people asking for uh, you know a place to sell pre thirty tractors in the fall that we uh, we decided to include it into our fall harvest week. Uh, so and I got, see got a lot of great stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. I see an Avery fourteen twenty eight out of Kansas, a nineteen twenty five Harley Davidson Model B motorcycle, a twenty forty Eagle Model H, all kinds of bits of American history right there. Yeah, yeah, and, and and a lot of a lot of early cars and early trucks. There's some there's some fantastic uh, uh, trucks from the 20s and the 30s in the auction this year. And then continuing next week, folks, again <laughs> all the way through to the 26th. Uh, well, on 24th, October 24th is the toy auction component. Uh, the 25th looks like you maybe have a private sale, a private. Is that uh, different people or one person's collection on the 25th? It, it's, it's a mix of both. Um, you know, sometimes we have uh, uh, people who have just one tractor to sell. And, and then sometimes we, we include smaller collections of, of 5, 10, or 20 tractors. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's kind of a culmination of the week and, and, uh, and kicks, off, uh, kicks off with those uh, tractors. And, uh, you know, we, we'll usually end up with uh, 100, 150 tractors in that auction. So. And, folks, if you're looking for a classic a mid-'70s pickup on that, on that sale, the 25th, there's a 74 Dodge Ram uh, 300 Power Wagon two-tone that was speaking to me a little bit, so you might want to check that one out. Uh, and then on the 26th, you have your, uh, is that the literature uh, tractor? And right. That's literature? Yeah, that's the, that's the old tractor and farm literature, and so that'll, that'll round out the week. Okay. And then uh, beyond the sale next week, Kurt, your, your five days there, uh, your fall annual auction, uh, holy smokes. I think I counted you've got 14 sales after that through December 3rd coming up. You guys, you got, uh, you got lots going on there. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. We do. We're really blessed. Um, uh, we've got a full schedule and uh, we got a few more, few more to get posted up there in December. And, and uh, we've, we've got a lot scheduled for next year already. Yeah, I saw you have sales uh, out in the market. Folks, again, check out Kurt's website. Um, or, uh, let's see, it would be uh, almondvintagepower.com. Great website. And I did see a couple sales. I got a, a ping on uh, our friend uh, Jim McFadden, November oh, yeah. 13th from out in Sharon Springs, New York. Jimmy, just a legend. Uh, is Now, I think it said uh, tractors from all over collection. And, and that is the truth with Jimmy. He goes all over the world, doesn't he, to get these things. Yeah, he, he just got back from a big, uh, he went over to uh, Germany for a Schluter tractor show and, and uh, he's kind of thin in his collection out there and he's just got some fantastic examples of, of tractors from all over the world. He's always had a good eye. He's always bought real yeah. nice original tractors. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy does have a great eye. I, I had to chuckle. He popped up in one of our Machinery Repeat YouTube videos. Uh, I think it was out of Wisconsin, maybe Chuck Tesh. Sold that low hour that was like a seventy two twenty case, and uh, I think Jimmy bought it. So I, I hope he wasn't upset that he was featured on Machinery Repeat YouTube on that one. <laughs> oh, nobody, a, nobody's upset about that. Nobody's ever upset about that. <laughs> uh, he got a great tractor, and like you say, he has a great eye. That's November thirteenth, folks. And if you want to see some uh, cool tractors, European tractors, and and uh, uh, I think he has a white American sixty uh, two wheel drive, one of those green buggers. 1962 Porsche, 
Diesel Junior 109, just cool stuff. That's November 13th. Check it out at almondvintagepower.com. Now, and I did that, see that white American. White Americans just got like 400 hours on it. 400 hours. Wow. That thing. Uh, yeah. I think I will be writing about that one when you sell it, Kurt. That's, uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> now, I did see um, there's a, it looks like the third auction you've done. Uh, now, I know there's a few of us, Greg Peterson's around, uh, kind of a common name, but November 12th, uh, Greg Peterson Estate from a guy from out in Colorado, Poison Literature, uh, Memorabilia. Uh, I saw he has a uh, John Deere 4960 new in the box, 116th toy. That's kind of a cool item. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And I, I, I'll also have to admit to you that we've had several calls at the office that said we didn't know Machinery Pete was a toy collector. <laughs> well, the thing about the thing about Greg Peterson's, you know, the Peterson brothers, the three brothers in Kansas, the oldest one is Greg, just a great guy. And we, we joke when we see each other cross paths, speaking circuit or whatever, there's, you know, I think our parents, <clears throat> the names weren't as, you know, Kurt and Greg and Bob and Steve, and they weren't, uh, it, it, the limited palette of names was was less back when our parents were naming us. So anyway, but no, that's hey, sim simpler times, simpler times. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, again, folks, those 14 auctions, that's just through December 3rd at the Almond Vintage Power. Check it out. And like Kurt said, they have tons of sales listed into 24. Kurt, if I if I ask you if we pull back here and just talk about the state of the collector, uh, you know, the tractor market. Let's start there. What would you say? Because people ask me this all the time too, and I I look at our data and try to relay as best I can. But let's start with like the '30s to the '50s models. What have you been seeing trend wise there here through 2023? Well, uh, so anything that is that is a really nice pristine original paint tractor doesn't even matter if it is a high production tractor like a farmall h or a farmall m those are in such high demand right now uh, that that seems that seems like that's what everybody's looking for and and you know we've actually seen really nice uh patinaed originals bring more than a really nice restoration yeah, that originalness really uh it it pops, it stands out, it kind of just pulls you in, doesn't it? it? It's warm. I mean it's uh yeah. you know, I've got a lot of them in my collection and and those are the first ones that I, I I jump on to drive. It's just like you can feel the uh feel the heritage in the tractor when you're when you're playing with it. On the topic of patina, you'll probably get a kick out of this. We had our first uh, grandchild uh, two months ago. So now uh, uh, Mrs. Pete uh we're helping the economy. We're buying everything for a grandbaby that you could find or whatever. But we happen to be up in northern Minnesota at a, a kind of a consignment shop that specializes in vintage stuff, like all kinds of household stuff. And I, I like to poke around and they had a book section. And there was a book, uh, Dr. Seuss book, Green Eggs and Ham. And I, I just smiled, picked it up. And the cover, I told my wife, Jackie, I said, look at this. Look at the patina on this book. And I mean, even a book or a tractor or a piece of farm literature or a truck, when it's got that kind of lived in, it just yanks yeah. us back to when we were kids, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Absolutely does. We just we just had a new grandson two months ago and, and they named him Oliver. Oliver. Which I Oh perfect. Yeah, I I, I 
I told my son, I said, that was, uh, that was pretty clever. The surest way into my will. <laughs> oh, Oliver. Um, that, well, congratulations. Yep. My friend. That is exciting. How many grandkids now? Uh, five, five. That is yeah. awesome. Any, hey, do you have any, uh, grandfather advice for me? I'm new at this game. Uh, I'm enjoying the heck out of it two months in, but I, I, I'll take any advice you got. Well, I've got, uh, you know, I was, I raised a family of boys and, and my first little granddaughter, uh, I hadn't been exposed to the world of girls before. So if, if she, if she's wanting something, it's only because she hasn't asked me for it. <laughs> We're flipped here. We had two girls and now we have a grandson. So I guess that's, Oh, a, there you go. The joy of life, isn't it? Uh, okay. Kurt, yeah, if we stay vintage tractors now let's sneak up into the kind of that late 60s and the 70s of course now you know we talked about that 4230 that four pulse gas you have coming up but what have you seen or what's your gut telling you trend line there 60s and 70s tractors in terms of uh, buying interest pricing and what we've seen this year well you know uh you know people collect what they remember and uh you know when i when i started in in the business of selling antique tractors you know, nobody even wanted rubber tires because all the collectors were steel wheel collectors. Well, today, uh, you know, I, I grew up on a I grew up on a 1655 and a 2105 white, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, that's that is the hot going thing right now. Um, you know, there, there's actually a little lag in the 40s and 50s tractors. Um, you know, except for the things that are really, really rare. And, uh, you know, but you know, a, a 40, 20 John Deere. I mean, how many people grew up on that? And, and, uh, you know, a nice one of those, uh, outsells what it, what it costs new just right. every time. Right. I can't remember if I, I'm, I probably bounced this off you on our last podcast, but, uh, 34 years of collecting this data on everything, uh, a number of years ago, I just sort of formulated a machine repeat rule of 12 that whatever your favorite tractor is when you're 12, Pretty good chance that maybe always will be your favorite tractor. So I was 12 in 1978, so 44-40 for me. But uh, what what do you think of that? Is there is there truth to that, or am I way off base? I think I, I no. I think that's genius. I think that's genius because I think that is spot on. That that's spot on. That's uh, that could be the reason I own three sixteen fifty five Olivers. <laughs> hey, anything. Life is tough, and uh, I the older I get, it's just condense this down. It's like it's like uh, boiling things on the stove. Or just condense the flavor comes forward when you uh, pare it down. But life is tough, and anything that makes you smile, like I smile putting on a familiar sweatshirt every morning it's like oh this is my old friend i smile looking at a nice 4440 because i was 12 years old and they came out so anything that brings a smile is is welcome and, and mentally it also needed uh to have a happy safe spot where we can you know at least you know i've uh i've went to see you know i'll, I'll have a, a customer call me and, and they'll say hey I, i'm thinking about having an auction and and I get there and I spend a little time with them and uh, I can tell that they're not really ready to have the auction. The head says to, but the heart doesn't. And, and so I always ask them, I said, do you, you know, do you ever come out here and just sit in your lawn chair and smile and 
soak these tractors in and they'll say, oh yeah, I do that all the time. I said, well, you're not ready to sell yet. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's yeah. interesting. I, you know, I run across that too, Kurt, uh, people with collections, they'll, they'll ping me and they'll say, they're, you know, they're keeping up with the values and they, they maybe see cresting and they're like, well, that would probably be a great time to sell, but yeah, are they mentally ready? Uh, which is, that's just part of being an auctioneer, uh, you know, not, you know, coach being a friend, I, you know, and helping them. And when the time is right, you know, then you're there well, to help them. Yeah. It's, it's just like you said, if it, if it, I always tell them if, if it still brings you happiness, you know, write it out, you know, at, at the, at the point that the, it's a burden or it makes you worry, then that's the time to sell. And, you know, best advice I always give to them is when the apple's ripe, it'll fall. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if I shared this one with you, Kurt, but I'm just curious to get your take on it. But so we put out, I don't know, like a 2,150 YouTube videos now the last 14 years. And but most of them, you know, when I started out, were just I'd go to an auction and film it, whether it was a one-year-old tractor or an antique, whatever, just always enjoyed the variety. But over the years, we got into started doing some longer form walkthrough of people's collections. And oh, yeah. I, I'm a data guy, so I look at the number of views and it, those videos where we take half hour to an hour plus and just walk down the line and have Joe or Bob or Bill tell us about their tractors. They get the most views. But beyond that, I had a guy tell me one time, we did a walkthrough on Tom Renner's collection down in Belleville, Illinois, on the John Deere side. Great. Tom, Jake, great guys. And I think Jake told me, it was like four years later, that one of their longtime customers, a guy in his 80s, a farmer, relayed to them. He said, you know, when I'm having a bad day, I'll rewatch that video. Uh, and that was just me asking Tom, hey, tell me about this 8020. Tell me about this WA-17. And, I mean, that's just truth coming out of that 80-year-old farmer. It makes him feel good to hear Tom talk about these tractors. And Tom is like, you know, farmers everywhere, not boastful guy at all. It's just, it, I've always felt it's almost like, you know, farmers are they're not soapbox people. And they won't, it's not in them to say, hey, look at my collection, look how great I am. But when you ask them about their tractor, it's like you put a key in their heart and you turn it. And it what opens up just comes out of them. And it's beautiful. And I think that's what pulls people in. But what's your take? You on know, it? people people do not realize the connection that a farmer makes with a tractor. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember selling uh, Floyd Keating's retirement auction and Floyd was a neighbor uh, just across the field. I could see his house, you know, from where I lived. And and when I when I sold Floyd's uh, retirement auction and we got up to his 730 John Deere, which he had was still using, uh, I, I instinctively said, Floyd, do you have anything to say about this tractor? And he was so choked up with tears running down his eyes. And, uh, you know, and I watched my own dad do that whenever my dad had a, had a, when he quit farming. And, uh, you know, I, that was the first time I ever saw my dad cry. And uh, as, a, as a young boy, and that, that stuck with me through my entire auction career. Right. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, uh, that, uh, it, it's I mean, these tractors, they're, yeah, they're assets. They help us work, but I mean, think of that 730. So think of what 
your friend neighbor Floyd went through, like all farmers, the ups and downs of agriculture and and what was a constant? You know, that 730, the good times, bad days, happiness, sadness, that was there. He raised, uh, he raised seven kids on 160 acres, you know, right. and uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, the, we, we do a ton of YouTube videos as well, and, and, and our highest viewed uh, YouTube videos is the first time that we walk into a shed uh, when we're on the property for an auction, you know, everybody wants to go on that adventure with you. Right. And yeah, that's, that's a, that is a happy day, isn't it? Well, uh, again, I'm in auctions and I'm in a vintage power. Kurt, what you've done in this uh, space, you know, over the past 40 plus years, just amazing. Hats off to you for serving uh, your sellers, but also the buyers. You're, you're bringing forward these items that they're looking for, presenting them in a, in a way that honors them. And uh, it's just, you've done a fantastic job. So again, hats off to you there. Uh, as you look ahead, uh, so we, we've seen the waves. I mean, it's, it's almost mathematical. Uh, you can look at the age of someone and, you know, my machine repeat rule of 12, eventually that gets up into the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. And uh, What do you see for the future of collectible tractors? I, I, I see it continuing. Um, you know, when I, when I started collecting Olivers, I remember, I remember thinking, you know, the four digit Olivers, the eight, you know, 1850s and 1650s. I thought who in the world would ever want to collect those. And, and now we see some killer restorations being done on red stripe whites. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I asked, so it, it's going to continue. I asked a farm, I think it was in Louisville one time, speaking down there and we were talking about these collector tractors and uh, my machine repeat rule of 12. And I asked the audience, I suppose average age was a little up there. Uh, I said, do you guys and gals, do you think uh, young egg kids are going to feel the same way about a 9620 RX as you feel about a 4020? And I knew what would happen. I, I I saw guys shaking their head like, no, no, no. And I said, well, I have to respectfully disagree because I think when you're 12, whatever that tractor is, if it's a quad track 540 or whatever, it's like your neighbor Floyd with a 730. That tractor is a piece of you and your dad and your grandpa and your mom and your sisters that helped you guys do what you do. Now, I might be wrong. I, I hope I'm around in 30, 40 years to watch what a 40-year-old 9620RX sells for. But uh, just curious your take on that. Well, I, I hope you're still reporting on it. <laughs> 40 years, I'll be uh, 97. I, hey, I'm, I'm game. I'm all for it. <laughs> no, I, 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 think you're, I think you're exactly right. I mean, you know, uh, uh, history, you know, time has kind of proven that that's the case. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, th this same conversation that we're having, um, you know, was uh, I, I'm positive was also had whenever they uh, gave up the draft horses and, and, and they said, oh. you know, they'll never have the connection with those tractors that we did right. with those draft horses. Right. Which now, let's see, what I'm so fascinated with this, Kurt, is that everyone in the egg space can see this and they all over coffee or whatever, thinking about it. They're like, yeah, that's just, this continues to happen. 
But how many folks have you run across that try to get out ahead of this? So, you know, well, there's, knowing there's, that this always few, happens. You know, so who's yeah, out there looking for a... Yeah, there are, you you do run across people that are thinking of that 10-year-old that will eventually be a low-hour 30-year-old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're very few, just a handful. But, uh, but we've, we've definitely had auctions for a few of those guys that, that were just absolutely plain and simple ahead of their time. Um, we've got a toy auction coming up. Uh, you know, and a guy brought in a, a, a just an amazing new in the box Oliver toy collection, mm. and uh, and I, I I was commenting on how pristine everything was, and he said, you know, he said my dad uh, he he never had toys when he was a kid, and he he became fairly successful, and whenever he went into the dealership, whatever he had a little money as an adult, he bought cases of these toys cases. Cases. Wow. And so he said, the reason those are so nice is I took them out of the case boxes. <laughs> and he said, I'm just going to bring you one or, you know, bring you a few at a time. And, uh, you know, so there's always those people that are just out there, you know, but it, it's a small handful, but they're, they're there. Yeah. I think of a guy I know out in New York that, uh, again, it was before the internet was just starting to take off, but he grew up hearing his, uh, Dad and Grandpa talk about you know the two cylinders and then oh this this new generation that'll never fly Oop, and then what happened and then everyone wanted a two cylinder and he heard it as a young guy and and he thought well I'm just gonna get ahead of it so he went and found a forty four fifty five with three hours on it this of course people know it's Kevin Sykes New York guy I'm talking about we did a walkthrough with Kevin years ago but bought it for like fifty eight thousand and ninety four and ten years ago he sold it for like. Uh, 130, I don't know, can't remember, 133 or something. And if he still had it today, it, it'd be worth more than 200K. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I knew, I knew who you were talking about as soon as you brought that up. But yeah. th- that he, he's an example. Yeah, getting out ahead of it. Well, Kurt, uh, again, uh, again, folks, go to almondvintagepower.com. They have tons of upcoming sales with uh, pedal tractors, memorabilia, tractors. And again, next week, October 22nd to the 26th of the annual fall event. Kurt, thanks for bringing, bringing us up to date on what you got going there. And uh, I should, before I let you go, you know, the whole online space now is, is really advancing quickly. And again, I just want to let folks know that Kurt, our friend Kurt here has been kind of at the fore of that in a, a way you don't really see, but uh, developing online bidding platforms, continuing to update them. And, uh, You've invested uh, heavily into that, uh, Kurt. And can you tell us about your latest, uh, when folks go to bid on Almond Vintage Power, your online uh, uh, program they're using there? Uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, we actually just updated in June. And uh, so, so we really got the, uh, you know, what I consider to be the latest, uh, greatest and, and best technology and and uh, I, like I say, I just got back from a from a meeting uh, late last night out in Charlotte, North Carolina, and that you know part of the purpose of that meeting was uh, was uh, uh, thinking and brainstorming and talking about new innovations in that space. And and with the advent of AI, uh, you know, uh, coming onto the scene, um, there's there's so many possibilities 
um, that, that are out there now to enhance the buying experience and, and also enhance the information that we can convey from seller to buyer. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of changes, um, but I think we're going to see a whole lot more. And, um, you know, the, the auction business is just not, um, you know, it's not your grandpa's auction business anymore. Right. I, uh, I, I was speaking at an auctioneer's conference and, you know, there's, there's still, uh, and I miss, I miss a live auction myself. And I, you know, I've, I won bid calling contests and, 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 you know, that's an art form, but, uh, but what I told them at that conference was, uh, you know, bid calling is a romantic notion, like, uh, like a cowboy checking fences and checking the herd on horseback, except they all use a four wheeler now. Exactly. We, we can, we can yak about change and that's just a human thing. I tell people, and even the stuff I write, I'm really fighting the, the grumpy old man. Uh, tendencies that we all have because change is hard, but you know what? Change is also really, really exciting, isn't it? I mean, you take something like an industry, like the auction industry you've been in for 40 years, or if you talk about a farm equipment dealership or even uh, farming, I mean, the changes to help us be more efficient. And uh, yeah, I'm excited on the online auction to see how we can bring more of the core personalness to the online auction event whether that's the build up to the event or the, the actual bidding itself. So again, uh, thank you for leaning in, investing in that front to, to, uh, you know, create a better. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's exactly, you know, that's exactly where we're going and what we're trying to enhance. And, uh, you know, I, I told my wife just the other day, I said, I'm scared to death. I'm going to be Archie Bunker when I get old. And she said, what do you mean when you get old? <laughs> so, <laughs> That that makes me when I when I write about tractor skirt I catch myself sometimes or I'll say wow look at this John Deere forty four fifty brought X today nineteen eighty three model and I'm like that thing's forty years old and <laughs> it doesn't seem I mean it was like new when I started writing about this stuff but uh, time just keeps going faster but if we're if we're having fun doing what we're doing <laughs> and making a difference like you are and you always have with what you've done for buyers and sellers then uh, you know. Life's a beautiful journey, isn't it? It is. It is. Blessed, uh, blessed beyond what I deserve. So, Well, Kurt, thank you for the conversation. And again, folks, check out almondvintagepower.com for the big sales coming up next week and right on through the winter into next year. And Kurt, always a joy to visit with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for what you do. Well, folks, there you go. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kurt Amon. Always a joy to visit with Kurt, catch up, see what they've got going on. Exciting growth there with Amon Vintage Power, expanding their uh, physical uh, footprint, their facility in Nokomis, Illinois, uh, to showcase even further the collector auctions they have coming up and into the future. Better serve buyers and sellers. Exciting on that front. Expanding their uh, number of agents around the country. And again, specializing in the, uh, the collector realm here. Uh, fun to get Kurt's insights into the market, uh, what he's been seeing there. And again, just the growth of the online space and how that's, uh, you know, just changed the auction business. So again, folks, uh, thank you for tuning in to this episode 59 of the Machine Repeat Podcast. We'll have another one coming up here pretty quick. Uh, a couple of them pretty quick, actually. And one last thing I'll leave you with as you... Uh, as we roll into this time of year, the end of the year through harvest, uh, obviously very important to clean your equipment coming out of the field. 
And I have just seen no better way to do that, folks, than the power of foam. Uh, it's a product made in the USA, Mitchell, South Dakota, by Dakota Ag Innovations. I'm sure you've seen their TV commercial on our Machinery P TV show. I've known the owner, Lynn Odlin, for many, many, many years and got under the hood with them how they uh, make the product, who they work with. And the power of foam has been used on the construction side by, I'm talking the big, big, big players, the Bobcats, the JLGs, the Camazos, uh, right on down the line for many, many, many years uh, with great results. And now Lynn is bringing the power of foam into the egg space. And again, just shooting you straight out, I haven't seen a better way to clean equipment than the power of foam. So check that out, powerofoam.com. And they ha it's available in many uh, great farm stores around the country. For example, Runnings, Baumgars, Big R, Sellers Farm and Home Supply, Race Brothers Farm and Home Supply. You can get uh, the Power of Foam and their other products, Dakota Shine. Um, so there you go, folks. That's episode 59. Stay tuned. We'll have episode 60 coming at you soon. Mm -hmm.